0: Yo! Welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, John Solo. I'll be talking to touring musicians, artists, producers, engineers, and crewmen all around the world. I'm interested in knowing what brings people to this crazy lifestyle and how music became their passion. I, for one, have spent most of my life in front of a keyboard and continue to learn and understand why it is I do what I do. I feel honored and privileged to have worked and become friends with many of the guests on this show. And for those of you who don't understand what hotel life is about, you're listening to Late Checkout. All right, I'm with Pete Marin here in uh, Dusseldorf, Germany. And we just flew in yesterday from Jersey, yeah. which is in the middle of England, right? Yeah. And uh, we just had a little lunch, a little Japanese food. That was good, right? Yeah, a big, a
1: giant bento box.
0: <laughs> and, and, uh, and spicy tuna rolls to uh-huh. start. Um, we're uh, currently on tour right now with Passenger, and uh, I thought it'd be perfect to talk to him. Um, you're from,
1: you're from England, right? No, I'm actually from Perth in Western Australia. I was born in Perth. You were born in Perth, but I grew up in England. I grew up in, well, I was there for about seven years. Okay, I a kid and I grew up in London in Bermondsey, and then I moved to Essex. Essex, yeah. Where's that at? Uh, it's sort of uh, northwest. No, sorry, northeast of London. All right. So, yeah. How long did you spend there? Um, I was in Essex for about five years and about two years in London. Okay, but you,
0: I mean, you might as well just get into it. Like, when did you? When did you start playing drums? Was it in England or was no? It, it was
1: actually when I was in Australia. So when? I, uh, so my dad was a, was a musician, a singer. Oh, that's time. right. you yeah, told yeah. me that. Yeah. And then he. Uh, had a studio at the at the back of the house, and we and I would just, you know, basically, there were drums there. Nice. His drummer had left a drum kit there for me to bash on, and I think for him to just, like, not have to load gear. <laughs> for when they rehearsed, they rehearsed there, and he would, uh, yeah, so there was a, a kit there for, for me to bash out on. So I was, like, really young. I mean, three, four. Three or four? That was when there was a kit there, and then... Um, and yeah, I, up until I was about six, um, that's when I moved to England. And then when I was in England, I really didn't really play a lot of drums. But I had like a, a little um, like a Yamaha uh, electronic pad, like I had these four pads. And so you could hit the pads and, the, you know, they had some drum loops and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: that, that was like between the ages of six and 11 or so, like you said. Yeah, like
1: six and 14 sort of thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I started playing when I was
0: like three and a half years old, three, four as well. Right. Yeah, like uh, basically, I mean, I started and then just kind of continued on. But like, I feel like anybody who has started that young, there's like something about it. Like it's just ingrained in your in your brain. Like you were you formed your life around it. Definitely. Well, know? it
1: was just like I, I guess in the end when it came time to choosing a career. Yeah. I didn't even really think about doing that, you know what I mean? It was just like this is what I'm going to do. I'm just playing drums now.
0: Yeah, you didn't you weren't thinking like, oh, what should I do when I graduate from uni yeah. or I'm going to say uni because that's how you guys call it in Australia. Sure. We call it college.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when we, <clears throat> when we um moved so I moved to England with my family and then when we did finally move back to Australia, we moved back to Perth. And um my dad who hadn't really been Um, performing in England uh, because he was a full-time musician before we moved to England. When when we moved back he started singing again and playing music and um, I was getting lessons and like really getting serious about playing drums.
0: What what kind of style is your band, your dad's singing in?
1: He was sort of playing more like Aussie and classic rock I would say, like more so, like sort of rock covers and things like that and oh okay so it was like a cover band it was a cover band mostly yeah yeah Yeah. he had he had a couple of original projects that he never really fully pursued but um uh but yeah um he was working full-time making a living as a as a you know cover musician
0: nice do you feel like you got your your musical talent from him was that a big influence yeah yeah definitely anybody else did your mom play or anything no
1: um no, there wasn't anyone else in the family other other than my dad that was sort of showed any interest in music. Yeah, um, my mum had it has definitely has an artistic side in terms of like um, you know more sort of fine art like um, painting and drawing and stuff like that. But um, as far as music's concerned, it was really just my dad and then the people around him, like his friends, who I kind of looked up to, who were in bands with him. Like I would. You know what I mean? Like that—that that were my sort of influences as, as well. So
0: yeah, so you yeah. come from an artistic family. It yeah, was, yeah, was...
1: artistically permissive anyway. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say that no one. Yeah, so it was only really my dad that made a living playing music, and my mum, who's who's a, who's a, a nurse, um, she didn't really pursue art as, as such, but she she was definitely um, she pushed me, and you know, yeah, she was.
0: It was. It wasn't weird for you to say, "Hey, I want to play the drums." Something. Not at all. It was like. No. It was In fact,
1: they encouraged it. They were. They really encouraged it. In fact, That's I think awesome, um, my mum even said recently that um, I sort of showed signs of maybe having sort of an ADHD as a kid. But like, as soon as I fixated on music, like it sort of all sort of cleared up, and yeah, like once I kind of had that, yeah, focus on music, I, I would I sort of normaled out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think. know
0: exactly the feeling. I feel like a lot of musicians ha- kind of have that. It's, yeah. it's, we're fidgety. We're, we have a hard time paying attention to one thing. Yeah, as, soon as, yeah. as soon as music starts, it's like, oh, I can do this all the way to the end of the song.
1: I yeah, can yeah, totally too.
0: concentrate. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, it's not hard to do that. I don't wander for some reason because you're just in it.
1: Yeah, Um. Yeah, it's, it, I don't know. There's definitely something to be said about being able to switch our brain
0: yeah.
1: in, into a song like, and be in it like really deep in, in it yeah that, you're actually that in
0: that moment yeah and and all the way to the end and actually when I was in college I think my ADHD kind of came back a little bit because I was being taught we'll get into that more but like mm-hmm. I don't know if you went to to music school or anything but when I was there I, I would uh, I would have a hard time like really concentrating through, like, the bass solo or something. Sure, Do you know sure, what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> You're playing yeah. your you, – you take your solo, and then the yeah. sax takes a solo, and then all of a sudden the bass comes up, and I'd be like, hmm, what am I going to have for lunch today, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I was def- definitely not uh, – yeah, the academic side of music at school was definitely not my strong point. I was definitely more into improv- improvisation. So uh, when I went to – because I went to um, – had private lessons mostly, for, and, and I had some school, uh, did music at school. And, and this is like, back in Perth. This is back in Perth. Yeah. And then when, uh, after, I left I left school a little early, and then <clears throat> my mum was sort of like, well, you can leave school early, but you've got to, if you're going to play music, like, you've got to go to uni, I guess. So I applied for um, the conservatorium in Perth, and I got in. And, uh, yeah, so I did like a year at the conservatorium in, the, in doing jazz, Oh, okay where was that at that was the yeah the conservatorium in perth oh in perth yeah it's called whopper the west australian performing performing arts
0: what what kind of program is it it jazz classical
1: it was this was a jazz course i mean it's yeah it's pretty broad now but um i guess there there was a classical course and a jazz course and it it, i guess now it's sort of there's more like like it's sort of the jazz course is sort of Based around more contemporary, like they call it contemporary now. But yeah, exactly. But when I was yeah. there, yeah, I did a um, uh, yeah, just did a jazz course. Well, I didn't really complete it either. Yeah, so you <laughs> so didn't. Even I finish, didn't really finish that. You didn't but, finish the school, but you didn't even finish so the, the. This So sort of tie, ties into like <laughs> yeah, you
0: know, my uh, so was, by
1: that point, I was actually playing in bands and making a living. Exactly. I, was, I mean, so I was, I was actually well, when I say making a living, I was you know getting paid quite well. For they're I was geeks. just going to ask
0: you that. Like, if I mean, what is, what's the point of going to school as a musician? I mean, if you're working and you're already, like, out there, I mean, that's the best education you can really get anyway. Totally, yeah. And uh, the the one downside I'll have to say for, for my college experience is that I stayed one year too late, which is I stayed my fourth year and got a college degree, right? which is what I felt like I had to do, but sure. it was such a waste of time. That fourth year was yeah, right. like, I, you kind of learn everything in two years, really. I mean, I felt like it, like all the theory, all the like, anything that someone can tell you about music, it's like, there's only so much you can get. It's still just theory-based. I mean, I have Mm -hmm. this conversation all the time. These aren't laws. This wasn't like proven by mathematicians around the world when people have a theory of how music works. I mean, it's 99% of the way when they explain to you, yeah, that's kind of how music does work. Yeah, yeah. But you can always find another way to go about it. It doesn't have to be this way. And so by my... You know, third year was a lot of fun, but I'd say fourth year was a big waste of time. I was just needed to get out of there. It just felt like I was like ready. I was already playing gigs too as well. Yeah. And I I actually wished I would have just moved on because I felt like that one extra year kinda of set me back a little bit. By the time I moved to New York, it was so many people that were already like playing more gigs and were just there and I was like, God, I should have been that's where you get your education, right? Totally, it's yeah. on the bandstand. Well that's what
1: that's how I felt. I mean, I was I was already working, I was in play, playing in my dad's band and then I was also playing in another cover band. And so like, you know, my weekends were completely full with, with you know, from sort of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday onwards. Like it was you know, like pick, being picked up after school going and doing gigs so I kind of felt like and yeah, same when I was doing uni, I was just kind of working all the time and I sort of felt like, well, I didn't really see a need in it, you know what I mean? I felt like uh, I didn't, well, I didn't see the value in it for sure. Like that was one thing at the time. And, and you were what, 18, do, but,
0: 18 or 19? This is after Yeah, this
1: would have been like, well, I was like 17, 18, yeah.
0: So you really only, you really didn't go to college then and do that? Not
1: really, you. no. I later on I did it, uh, I, when I finally moved to Melbourne when I was 21. Uh, uh, I went to um, – TA- I did a TAFE course, which, was, again, was just a, a certificate, one-year certificate course. And that was more so to, to – uh, and that was in the, like, jazz contemporary um, thing. And I, that was more so to just um, get my melodic theory up, because yeah. I really wanted to kind of get into, uh, yeah, more melodic-based
0: so, I mean, with that, like, you, you are mainly a drummer, and yep. that's what you do, um, but I do know you're also interested in, like, mod synths mm-hmm. and stuff, and um, do you mess around with any other instruments? Um,
1: uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's guitars and stuff at home, but, yeah, I'm not, I definitely wouldn't call myself a guitarist or or a keyboard player. Do you just, write
0: music or anything? Uh,
1: yeah, sporadically, yeah. Mm-hmm. But nothing has ever seen the light of day, nor probably will (laughs) yeah yeah well it's always
0: good to keep that whatever it is it's like being creative and
1: well like the modular synth is a a really um fun instrument because it's all about making you know you like you build the the synth and yeah you know and yeah i don't know like it's i I like the idea of just making something and even if it's just for me, you know, it's like a creative outlet. No, and, for, creative.
0: and for those who don't know what modular senses are, sense are, and which I didn't either until I was around you. And there, how can you explain it, really?
1: Okay, so it's I guess it's a, a musical, yeah, it's a synthesizer. Yeah, um, it's really so. It's so It's really hard to give a definite um, image of what it is. But uh, uh, it's made up of, um, I guess, the the core. Um, parts of a modular synthesizer would be like an oscillator and amplifier and it you know, works with control voltage so you're sort of manipulating electricity basically um, and either quantizing it so it sounds melodic um, or um, changing parameters with filtering or amplification or pitch or cutoff and Filters, you know like it's just so many It's like I said it's just so open-ended it's really hard yeah to. And, you and then also buy the like, sequences little pieces. for it right? yeah so you put it together <clears throat> so there's a, depending on what you want to do with it that's the other thing so you've got like so many different types of modules that you can buy yeah that do so many different things that can be controlled in so many different ways so for me like I like sequences Um yeah sort it, of,
0: it's kind of like drums really I mean it, it's like you know, programming beats when I hear your stuff it's like yeah, oh, yeah. I get it it's, it's very drummer I mean because it's it's you can't like play it with a keyboard, right? It's well, you, well, you could, can, but you, yeah, the way yeah, it's set up, the way you've got it set yeah, the, up, it's more just like voltage pulses and
1: stuff. And yeah, so. like you're, you're patching it together <clears throat> with cables and yeah. each each module together, and um, and and each module sort of interacts with with each other. And you know, yeah, um, yeah. It's I mean, it's it's yeah. definitely uh, abstract in it. Well, it can be really abstract. Both yeah. for the most part is pretty abstract music, but yeah, um, but it can be. Uh, yeah, it can be used in so many different ways. It reminds
0: me of postal
1: service, which I, when yeah, I first yeah. heard it, I
0: was like, "Oh, that's what that guy was sure. doing." Yeah, that producer with the uh, Ben Gibbard, the singer. I can't remember that guy's name, but um, they were a very popular band in, in the early like two thousand one or two or three or something yeah, like that. Yeah. When the first time I heard that kind of synth music, I was like, well, "I don't understand how he's making this." And, sure. And now that I've heard what some of the stuff you've done, I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." So it, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a deep field, and,
1: and well, it's, uh, def- it's it you know it, it, it's a move away from a synth like a synth that you would see with a keyboard exactly and with sort of built in parameters, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're
0: like a scientist turning yeah, knobs I mean, like all the white design, lab code You
1: design the synthesizer with all of all of the uh, elements that you want to put in. You know yeah. What I mean? So um, and then there's so many different brands as well, and yeah, so it's it's really well. cool,
0: man. I really enjoy watching you uh, show me all your pieces. Yeah, yeah. So I,
1: I take it out on the road, and yeah, and just it's like a little my little moment of creativity that yeah I get. Yeah. So
0: let's so let's take it back when you were you were playing with your dad's band. Mm-hmm. You're in Perth. You're like early twenties. You're working all every night. I assume you did a couple of weddings here and there. Yeah, 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 exactly. What was the next step? Did you start playing with original bands or was there a singer songwriter? yeah.
1: yeah. So I started playing with original bands as well. And I really like felt like that was what I wanted to do. And so I moved, I then, uh, I was like 21 and I moved to Melbourne and I had never been there before. I just, everyone that I'd spoken to that had been in Melbourne said that it was the, the hub of musical activity. So I, um, yeah, so I moved to – I just moved to Melbourne with a, another guy who who ended up not lasting very long. He moved back. And, um, yeah, I just kind of stuck it out and <clears throat> played in different orig- original bands and cover bands. Um, and Did you ever play any jazz bands as well? I didn't. No, yeah. I never really – I mean, I love jazz. I listen to jazz. Mm-hmm. I love jazz. But I never really got – yeah, I just never entered that world, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, performing jazz, yeah, yeah, it's totally. A, I'm not very. It's a good club, it, I think it's, why. Yeah. <laughs> it's why.
0: Well, that that I mean, that might be part of it, but it's also like I've always noticed in every city, there's the jazz club, and you're either in it or you're not. Yeah, you can't do both. It's hardly. You know, if you're if you're successful in a in a pop realm or whatever, but you can play some jazz, yeah. they're not going to let you get
1: in that little jazz club. Yeah, I, I feel like in in Melbourne, there's so many incredible jazz, like so many incredible players, not just jazz players, but people that can play all genres of, of music. You know yeah. what I mean? That that fit in jazz, and then they go and do like pop gigs or mm-hmm. rock gigs or. Do you know what I mean? When like you start
0: they, in jazz. I feel like you you, you can leave that
1: club, right, right? But they won't let you in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 true. I feel like I definitely came from a rock world, so yeah, from yeah, a rock yeah, drummer exactly. to a Jazz drummer, maybe the transition. And the only
0: reason is, why I'm saying is is saying this and I have experience is because I started in the club, the jazz yeah, club, right, when right. I was in school. And I, everybody knows each other, and they all play together. And, I mean, it's still pretty much like that from, from uh, Seattle. Uh, I see all my friends, and they're all doing great. Everybody plays gigs all the time, and it's an amazing club. And then I moved to New York, and I started doing other things. And yeah, I realized yeah. quickly, like, oh, I'm no longer allowed in there. Like, no one wants to play with me Right, anymore. right. Not that I wasn't back there, but I did find it, like, it was kind of like, oh, well, you're doing that now, so you can't come back in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess my, my interest never really pushed me into jazz, you know, like I was yeah. always into, like I loved classic rock when I was a kid, you know, yeah. deep purple and Led Zeppelin and yeah. black Sabbath. Of course. Like that's where I sort of, and then like more, and then obscure bands like Devo and, um, and Kraftwerk. And, and then, I mean, so many different, oh man, so many different genres of music that I'm into, but
0: yeah, you have an like, eclectic uh, taste. Yeah. You're all over the place. definitely. And
1: then, you know, I, I did build an appreciation for jazz, um, as, as time went on, as I got older and older, and I some part, parts of me wish I I had that chop, and I did play it because it is, yeah, it's rewarding listen, music to music to listen to, and um, and I imagine it is to play as well, but. Yeah, I just—I know we saw that band downstairs. I was just story. thinking, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, it's
0: express—you get to express yourself in really, a way yeah. that, that it's yeah. hard to do on a bandstand with a singer-songwriter. Yeah,
1: but you know, I still feel like I do get to express myself in my own kind of way. You know what I mean? So, uh, so, exactly. Yeah, even you though find it is it. like the the, um, there's
0: definitely any style of music I've played, I always find some joy. I can find joy in it and go. I get why people love this. Mm-hmm. I'm not closing any doors to any style of music or anything, any genre, because I have done that before in the past. I mean, you know, going to these jazz schools, it's like it's very much they kind of like they put you in a they put you in a box yeah. and they make you feel like you have to stay there and sure. like any other th- music outside of that is not worthy yeah yeah Which just right. really weird to me because I thought that was really, yeah I didn't think that was really fair dude, because mm-hmm. like what if you grew up in Brooklyn and all you listened to was hip hop your whole life and what that's not valid music you mm-hmm. can't w- what's wrong with that you know and, and I didn't and I used to think that for I was definitely I wouldn't say brainwashed I was brain trained sure. to believe this you know because and and not that it was a bad thing, because it did help me focus on on how to like learn a certain style and sure. be good at it. But um,
1: yeah, the focus should be in expression, right? Not, exactly. Not, not how how you channel it or like it, where, like the type of music that you yeah. use to express yourself. Because you know, there's like there's like like death metal that moves me. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and then there's yeah. like uh, jazz that that makes me f- feel incredible or you know weird. Crowd rock that you know that might not appeal to everyone. They all but have
0: different feelings. It's like yeah. food, really. Like I like Chinese food. I like Italian food, mm. and they're all different flavors. But they're not. You they can't. You can't really compare the two because it's just, they're so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we were digressing from. Yeah, sure, <laughs> so sure, so sure, you were sure. playing with a band. You were playing with the original bands. Yeah.
1: So then I yeah I moved to Melbourne uh because I felt like yeah that's what I wanted to do. To uh, <coughs> progress musically and. Um, yeah, I sort of made a decision not to really play in, in cover bands, um, and I started joining and auditioning for original bands at that point. Not really making a living um, playing music, but um, for the first couple of years in Melbourne. But you know, like the, sa- the same story everyone has. You know, they have their that band that they put all their energy what was into. The, it, and, what was the band? The band it was it, it was a band called Template. Template. So, yeah.
0: Like I love the ba- everybody's first banding. I know because it's, it's the d- best. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we we played like it was a, a mixture of like Rush and Yes and like Mars Volta, you know, like early Mars mm-hmm. Volta <clears throat> and. Um,
0: Everybody starts their first band. By the way, is cover bands? Yeah, covers because it's hard to just be like, all right, let's write these amazing songs. Like, yeah. no one knows how to write a song. You, it's like just even figuring out how to play someone else's music is like totally, the yeah. biggest like achievement in the world. Yeah, again, yeah. When you're a kid, or I feel like
1: I'd re- I mean, yeah. When I grew up, when I was growing up, uh, playing cover music, you know, I, I learned so many songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, read, that's and like there's so many gigs that like. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was really ready to, to like discover my own vocabulary. Yeah,
0: well, that's the thing. You, you learn other people's music for so long, right, before you're like, oh, okay, I'm ready to do... I want to do play like I want to play. I want to do yeah. my thing. I I don't want to chase somebody out. That seems to be the the theme so far in this podcast is is like we we're all talking about how we first started trying to play like somebody else. Sure. And then eventually you want to play like you. You want to figure out what you yeah. want to do. Yeah. And then you started forming your own opinions. You're like, oh... Hang on, now I actually have an opinion. To yeah, ask. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Yes. What was your first like named kind of like named artist? Where you're, like you'd heard of the person that you worked with? Where you're like, okay, wow, mm-hmm. I got a call from that person. That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, um, that was a, a, a guy named Dan Sultan, who's a singer songwriter. And he's Australia. from Australia. Yeah, yeah he's Melbourne singer songwriter, great like soul rock singer. Nice. Um, and uh, actually, I should say I shouldn't say he's a rock singer because. He's yeah, he's very versatile as a as a singer. But um, the last album we made was it was a rock album, and the, the album that we just made um, is like a pop record. So
0: so he's all over the place. That he's always. really yeah. He's just super effective. talented. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't I don't really know much of his music, but um, he hasn't
1: really broken. I've heard of overseas, his name
0: from being in Australia. Live definitely his yeah. name pops up everywhere in festivals. I'm like, yeah, <clears throat> I so I mean, I've been had... playing
1: with him for about ten years now.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, okay. so that's great. He,
1: um, so that was like the first kind of thing where, where, as like, <laughs> for use of a better word, like coming in as like a session guy, you know, where yeah. I got a call <clears throat> a couple of hours before a gig, like it was a festival, Falls Festival, and you you would have done <laughs> yeah. that with Angus and Julia, and yeah, um, yeah I, I got called, and I went down there and learnt the songs in the car. Oh, that's awesome! And then, like did the gig you know in front of you know 10,000 people or whatever it was and it was like baptism by fire like one of those <laughs> stories where you're just like oh man, what is going on
0: what, what was that feeling like for you the first time cuz I, I my feeling was when i grew up playing it was very much like in front of nobody corners of restaurants right. kind of like those guys down there a couple couple people listening but yeah, there's no yeah. pressure and then the one, the first time you're in front of like a huge crowd of people, sure. and they're all looking at you, and they're all like, "Give me, show me, entertain me." Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like side music. It's like they were there to see that person. Yeah, that was a whole new like. Oh, I had to relearn how to play. It was like yeah. I didn't know yeah. how to play all of a sudden. You I know? mean, I was,
1: <clears throat> I had, a, I yeah, definitely had a lot of um, gig experience at, by that point, so it didn't. F- didn't feel like I didn't know what I was doing. Like I, I had a, enough confidence to like get up on that stage and and play. And, <laughs> yeah, you were. And, You, you were know, the- I wrote some some notes and and I basically and also the fact that um, it was such short notice and they were happy to jam it out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they were just happy to like say they weren't kind of click out of tempo program. or you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they were,
0: yeah. How did the gig go?
1: It went great. Right, <laughs> and so I kind of kept doing the gig. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a blur now. I don't know how. Well, I played actually, but I had fun and Mm. they and. And the gig went on, and you know what I mean? Was like, that
0: the biggest gig you'd played at that point? At, at part, that point it was, it yeah, was. for sure. And yeah. you probably played in front of a lot of people, but that was, like, okay. That was, the,
1: yeah, like when you see it, the sea of people, like, yeah. for the first time, you're like, oh, shit. It's
0: nothing like you dream of it, right? You and Like, when you, I remember watching yeah. videos of concerts of bands, of like, man, it must be so crazy playing in front of all those people, and yeah, it's, the moment it happens, you're like, well, it's kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, it's kind, kind of like, like
1: playing at, it downstairs in the lobby. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you just see the first, like, four faces or yeah. whatever, and then... Yeah, and then the rest of it is just like you know watercolors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think
0: for me the biggest moment was like a three hundred seat venue, mm-hmm. um, and it was like because that was like you could like. People were right in front of me. Like, yeah. it was a small stage, and there was like people standing right there. I was like, wow, I could like reach out and touch them. Yeah. And I could see the people in the back, but it was smashed into this room. Yeah. But that was nerve wracking because you're like playing like a really quiet ballad. Yeah. yeah. A real intimate song, and everybody's super quiet. It's like, whoa, this isn't. It reminded me of playing piano competitions when I was a kid or something. Yeah, it you feel like, like the
1: judging eyes. Yeah, know? way, way they, more than they, a. It was a microscope, you know, putting the microscope on your totally, rather, rather like, than like they just kind of. Hammered, yeah, like out in a field somewhere, you know what I mean? And they don't know,
0: nobody, it's really hard to tell, like, what's going on. Like, I'm all self conscious, I'm like, is my fly open or something? Like, (laughs) I'm like, did I forget that? You know, stuff that's what I'm thinking about. I'm not even thinking about the music, I'm just like, I hope I don't look stupid, you know? It is a different world,
1: isn't it? (laughs) Like, a yeah, sometimes those big stages when you, um, sometimes it feels like you're not really making music, you're just sort of playing parts, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that, are just happens in, your, so, in it, But it also, the experience happens so quickly, there's no real time to settle into anything before you know it. You're sort of off, and it's like, what was that? Like, it was a whirlwind that just happened, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's super fun, and it's, it's like an experience, but you're right, it's not as fun. I find playing, playing 500 to 1,000 people yeah it's the best it's like the perfect size they can hear it's it's usually a good sounding room because they're a little smaller sure and you're just so involved it's like this big thing where it's in front of the big c it's like you're just you're on stage it's us and them yeah yeah it's definitely because them is like it's too much to even comprehend of what's going on yeah it's um and then it's over you're right it's so fast yeah it's just like you're on there and then you're off
1: yeah and uh
0: so that that was, uh, you said that was Falls Festival? So that was,
1: so that was yeah, f- I don't even remember. That's at the
0: end, like at the end of the year, usually. Or yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was in,
1: uh, yeah. No, it's at the st- I think it's at the start of, yeah, sorry, it's over the New Year break Over the New Year's. Yeah, and that's so- like for, that's your summer in Australia, so it's like. Yeah, that's right. So it was like, yeah, it was an awesome experience. I bet like, that would have been so, so fun, fun. And, then, and then after that, I, you know, did sort of feeling, I was doing a lot of feelings for drummers, you know, who couldn't do tours or couldn't. Um do just one off gigs, and so I did a lot of that, and I really enjoyed doing that because I felt like I was jumping into so many different musical envir- environments like I did a doom metal band at one point, and then I did like um what's doom metal like, doom metal is like uh well in this uh this band it's basically like drony slow metal basically. oh it's, yeah.
0: okay I, I was picturing the opposite for some minute. and I was actually no,
1: picturing that video game doom. Oh, right. No, it's more like, <laughs> three, uh, yeah. Uh, 3D Shooter or whatever that was. Do you know? Uh, yeah. It's, it's more like everything is Dirge. sort of half speed. Yeah. Like it's half speed. Like I think it sort of comes out of maybe a little bit out of stoner rock as well. Like there's that, everything's sort of tuned down a bit and, uh, it's like this band was sort of like a, wasn't quite death metal cause he it, it didn't have sort of death vocals, but, um, oh,
0: so you had a singer. We,
1: we, Yeah, so he... We, I was just filling in for this thing. We did a band... We did a tour with... Um, like an Australian tour with um, supporting a band called Opeth, which at the time were a, um, like a progressive rock slash death metal band, which yes. was awesome. Like, it was so fun. Double kick drum? Double kick drums, <laughs> Like, massive kids, big, you know, Marshall Stacks and just, yeah. you know, Paul Reed Smith guitars and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, um... But, the, like, the keyboard player had, uh... He had like a Mellotron and, and a Hammond, like a full Hammond and stuff and like a big Leslie. And so it was kind of like prog death, if you might, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was really cool, like Emerson, Lake and Palmer, but with like yeah. death vocals. Yeah. And, and, but they were like, um, they were from Sweden and um, man, they were talking about like people just you know, liking all sorts of music. They were like jazz nerds. They loved jazz. You know, the keyboard player was, put me on to, like he actually introduced me to Tony Williams' Lifetime, you know what I mean? Like, oh my god! Yeah. And he's like in this prog metal. He's like metal in this <laughs> prog metal like thing. So yeah. So anyway, I, at that time I was doing all these different types of, uh, playing all these different types of uh, gigs, different genres of music and um, uh, disco music and just rock, things and then like indie lots of indie you know singer songwriter things and and then like dan uh really sort of took off and and needed more commitment so i really sort of focused in on that and i was also in a another thing called a band called gosling which was a, a female um helen cream she was a singer singer songwriter yeah um and uh, sort of in the angus and julia vein i guess as mm-hmm. far as like the folk um yeah singer songwriter thingy mm-hmm. um and that was... Yeah, and so those two projects really yeah, took most of my time, actually. Kept you busy, yeah, Kept yeah. me really busy. There was, there was Australia, Australian, American, and Europe touring, and... What, was, do you,
0: what do you really find good. the difference, if there is any, between touring in America, Europe, and Australia, being an Australian, but also knowing what England is like? Yeah. Having... You kind of, like, are from both worlds.
1: Yeah. I guess one of the big... Well if we're not speaking totally musically one of the big differences is obviously like bus touring like oh that, yeah. yeah um oh
0: australia is beautiful it's all flying <coughs> it's all flying yeah relax, no you sun. don't really
1: need to get on, <coughs> on a bus and no. and do that because yeah it's it's actually more expensive to do that i think and mm-hmm. um all the flights are short in australia except for the flight. perth one perth yeah. is the only one that's far which is still like you know it's still less than LA to New York. It I is, so it is. It's less. Yeah. But uh, I guess, um, so yeah, it's pretty cruisy actually when you can, I know. yeah, when you do the Europe and, and the American bus touring, it's like you realize how much, yeah, I don't know, like there's a lot of, lot of traveling that you end up doing. I'm always, sure, the tours are often shorter in Australia, I guess.
0: They are short, well, yeah, there's smaller markets, or there's not as many places to play, mm. um, unless you do, like, all of it, like, Newcastle and Wollongan and
1: Yeah, all the July. regional shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you end up staying, in, you know, like, yeah. you, you do those, you end up staying in either Sydney or Melbourne anyway, you know, yeah. driving back, you don't, I mean, yeah, you end up driving back that night and staying in a hotel in Melbourne. And, yep.
0: Yeah, done that many times from yeah. Sydney as a hub, Melbourne as a hub, Yeah, Brizzy is a hub. Mm-hmm. Um Brizay. <laughs> I'm getting that back right now. It's been a little while since we've been around each other. Yeah, um, yeah, What do you, I mean, this is kind of interesting. I've never talked about this, but like, so what, what's it like playing with American musicians and Aussie musicians? It's the same, man. Like, like, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, obviously like the level of music- musicianship, there's no real difference. Like there's amazing musicians in Australia. Mm-hmm. You guys are amazing to play with. Like, I feel like, yeah, there's uh Cultural, maybe small cultural differences, but Yeah, Australians we, and we, Americans—we we know the how to hang.
0: <laughs> we eat the same food. Yeah, yeah. Me call it a, di- might call it a different.
1: Yeah, thing, I but. feel like the Australians <clears throat> bridge. Australians bridge the gap between the English and the Americans. So, as as you were playing along with with
0: uh, Gosling and Dan um, Dan Sultan, was there any like studio work you were involved yeah, in? Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'd obviously play on their records, and then. Um, yeah, lots of like different producers that I would work for. Work, you know, they would call me in to do, you know, a soundtrack or um, an album for an artist, or just a couple of songs for development, or you know, um, advertising. Or, you know what I mean? Like just kind of everything. So and would so you,
0: the, Would it be like one off session days? Like, hey, this can we need you to come in to play? Yeah, a lot like it is in LA yep. or New York or something yep. like You'd that.
1: You'd go in and yeah. Sometimes it would be like a couple of days um, after I met. Chris Vallejo, who produced the last four Passenger Records, mm-hmm. um, he would fly me up to Sydney and, and we'd, I'd be there for two days, um, sometimes a week, working on different projects. Just you know. whatever night. No, that's Yeah, nice. he'd have an artist come in and, um, you know, and then um, there's a couple of uh, who are now close friends of mine, producers who just call me in to... Um, yeah, just play like on a on a single or that something that they're going to push on a for 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 a label. Or... Oh
0: yeah, like they're doing one song. Yeah,
1: like they're doing like an artist development thing for you know. So there might there might be like four songs and then we just punch them out in a day or soundtrack. You know, esoteric drum sounds and yeah, like just things like that. Is like, the same thing like...
0: happening in in Melbourne in Australia like in America with like the less the studios going out of business and
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean there's. One big studio, Sing Sing, actually, just, just I closed did, its I doors. saw that, yeah. but didn't they
0: reopen somewhere else? Well, they
1: have another... They have um, Sing Sing South, which is another... Um, I think it's a, slightly, well, it's a slightly smaller studio, but... Um, I love that studio. Yeah, I mean, so many great records were made there. and um, But to answer your question, yeah, there's a lot of people with home, really great home studios, and mm-hmm. so I guess... Um, but, you know, I still find that producers, like good producers, still want to make records in good studios do you know what i mean like oh yeah and we all as
0: musicians we want to do that yeah it's fun Um, to go to a studio and sit there and vibe and yeah and look sometimes
1: the the, the home studios are really good studios as well like and that's and i do that as well and um yeah i mean i do i do feel like there was a point where it was it felt like i was just just going to home studios and then it got to a point where i was going back into like big studios and then Mm -hmm. like a blend of the two and yeah it doesn't really bother me as as long as the uh yeah, as, long as it's fun and it's good music, and you know. Yeah,
0: do you have your own studio or anything? I don't
1: have a. a I've got a space um, that I play and I can record there, but I wouldn't. It's yeah to call it a studio would sort of undermine. Yeah,
0: you, you're still now doing tracks for people or whatever. So people are not sending you. I was do, I was
1: doing that, but I felt I felt like um, I was sort of chasing my tail with gear a little bit. Oh and, man, you know, it's like I felt like it was a money pit. A, yeah, I, mean, I just felt like it was a bit of a rabbit hole. I I, I didn't i wasn't that interested in mm-hmm. <laughs> being an, an engineer or like being a producer or someone that's really deep in i don't know i just wasn't wasn't really what well, i like going into a studio and being produced and yeah. having someone behind uh, a console and we collaborate on getting sounds rather than me just kind of go okay like drums what, are hard what, what, is, what signal chain it. do i want to you know what microphones do I want to use? What preamps? Compression? Blah, blah blah blah. And you start. I start thinking about all that stuff, and then you, yeah. Then my creative vibe for actually playing the drums is gone. So I, yeah. I don't have. I can't multitask like that. And so I, yeah. Just thought. Well, I might as well just try and work with people. That I, I know what you're saying because I, I mean I've
0: only made music by myself like since. I was in high school. I I got a four track recorder, and I've been making my own music like that. And then got Pro Tools, like when it first came out, and yeah. it had before that was eight track recorders. and And I always produced myself, and and then I write like that. I still do that. Um, that being said, when someone actually does send me a track. And I think this is going to be fun. It's like absolutely. It actually isn't that much fun. It's yeah. like I plug in the keyboard. It's just not as much as a drum. Drum setup is a way harder thing to microphone to, to mic. And, yeah, sure. And get because it's so many different levels and, and phase issues and uh-huh. stuff. As keyboards, I plug in two, you know, yeah, two left and right, There's and a, I or I mic the piano. And you can get kind of tricky with that, but it's sure. pretty easy. There's I, a lot
1: you can do with in post, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Keys, but, with like, keys. I guess with drums, sometimes, like, if you want to go for something yeah. interesting, you have to really commit, and then it's like, I don't you know. You want get don't, it then, exactly. Yeah, I don't... Um, I was getting really good flat EQ, like, flat-sounding, quality, clean drums, you know what I mean? And that's what I would send to people, that's and they the, could the, do that, whatever that, they want well, to, yeah. to those things. But I felt like, yeah, uh, the amount of time that, it's, that I spent, yeah, doing that, I... Um, the amount of time that I spent um, trying to set up a session, in the end, I'd, I'd walk away from it like needing an hour just to kind of get my create creative vibe back. You know. Yeah. Didn't you feel like that was like the fate that the, the f-
0: there was like a phase of 2005 mm-hmm. or t- to ten where the drums were like really flat. Everything you recorded was just super flat. Nothing nothing added to it and then right now we're we're in a another phase where maybe that's kind co- like tweaking the kick drum and distorting sure. is it. coming back
1: right now Yeah, people are
0: committing to yeah. like bigger ideas yeah for sure it's funny how that works with with music it's like total yeah. like fashion like it really whatever depends. it is
1: yeah i mean like dip, d- different producers work in different ways like chris likes to work uh in a very like like that he like he, he likes to just capture the sound Mm-hmm. And then do stuff to it afterwards where whereas like um uh Jan Skubachevsky who produced the this current Dan record um that's about to be released, he um yeah, he commits to weird sound like he's happy to, to just kind of put distortion or you know what I mean? Like yeah. or just, you know, weird compression things and get vibe yeah. that way, you know.
0: Speaking of Dan actually, you did a record with Jakir King,
1: right? Yeah. In uh Nashville at Blackbird, at Blackbird right yeah. what was that like that was an incredible experience what he is, was, does he tweak like that or Yeah like again like he will commit to sounds like some of my um some of my drum sounds like sounds were going through pedal boards Whoa. yeah like you know guitar is pedals is he
0: involved in every sound too is it like Yeah yeah he's
1: like easy. he as a producer he's like he's got a vision and he's totally open for like to go out outside of that and just yeah um, I bet that was fun He's I was there for a month so oh, like it man. was like the ultimate yeah, yeah. and uh, Studio D it was an incredible room had like you know old Matt Chamberlain's old drum kits that they'd purchased um, all in there and a wall of snare drums and like just anything you wanted you I know.
0: heard the mic collection the mic collection is incredible
1: like yeah just everything about it was insane I mean just and just all of those things made f- for a really fun recording experience.
0: Was it just you and Dan? or did It you was me,
1: Dan, and the bass player, Josh. Okay, and, cool. Uh, the three of us, yeah, Dan had, had so, we sort of had some loose outline uh, d- uh, demos, and <clears throat> we went in there, we went to Nashville, and we did like two days of pre-production at SIR, and then we went into the studio and, and just banged it out. And every How day many songs did, is it? I think we did like 15, but I think 12 made the... Oh wow, something like that, yeah.
0: So you spent so it was like was it like a job Monday through Friday? Yep. Get there what ten a.m. eleven a.m.
1: Get there at like ten a.m. Knock one out, go get some chicken or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> some yeah. ribs. Well, usually what would happen is we'd yeah we would try. I think we'd try and get a couple of songs done a day, and at, at the very least one. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we'd go in. Uh, we'd usually go for sounds. You know, keep, we'd talk about what song we we're going to do that day um and then we yeah like set up drums and go for sounds and then and then we'd start going for takes and mm-hmm. then we'd we'd start going for real takes then we'd have a break actually normally lunch and then we'd go in and actually start going for the for the three big takes oh so that's the way he does it he does he it he likes like it live yeah. he I actually live. prefer that yeah. so much more and, and it, there wasn't much click it was usually um i think there maybe like three or four tracks were done to click, but everything else was pretty much done live, which was cool. Nice. Um, we'd played enough together, the three of us, so our tempos were pretty solid. Um, and what Jakir liked to do is he'd pick like two or three of the best takes and we'd sit sit down and listen to them in silence like no one's allowed to talk and just write notes. And wow. he'd go, this is the best intro and verse, first verse, this is definitely a best uh, chorus from take number three, um, and then the uh, then take number two uh, out from there, and he, he'd he like um, bit bit them together. He spliced them together. He spliced yeah. those things like so big big chunks of it. It's not like lots exactly, of things. yeah. And uh, that's how he would do it. Um, and so yeah, usually the songs yeah if they weren't perfectly played through from top to to tail they. Um, uh, yeah, he would. They would only have like three major edits on them, usually, you know, three or four edits.
0: Yeah, I did a record exactly like that once in Nashville, where it was it was um, it was same thing. We did three takes, uh-huh. and big sections were just taken out. Yeah, of it. It I was felt like, like
1: that's that's a really good and way we didn't to do even it. It's like do it a, to a good, a good cl- compromise. Yeah, enough. like you know, that chorus really is a good one on mm-hmm. take number three, but the rest of take number two is so good. That exactly. It's like, Well just to take it out and and to be honest with you yeah we uh i always have like a reference <coughs> tempo if i'm not playing to a click there'll always be a starting reference tempo and usually try and stay within the boundaries of, of the tempo and uh as much as i can and um yeah there didn't seem to be any problems with uh with cutting pasting those uh those takes so. yeah but no working with Jakir was a, a Education, man. It was. I mean,
0: he's one of the top producers, like in the world. I mean, he's yeah. He's talked about, it and I, you know, that experience must have been just incredible.
1: It was, yeah. I mean, yeah. And he probably learned so much. Too. I did, yeah. And about arranging as a drummer, like arranging your parts, yeah. How to build, how to arc sections, and how to, yeah, just um. And also how to, de- yeah, just really develop a, a, a part, um, you know, from the from the first verse and. And s- something in the second verse to, to kind of bi- have have it built upon, you know. Yeah. Or built upon it, yeah.
0: So then how did you meet Passenger, Mike, Michael? Okay, so
1: what? I was playing in... Bri- I was doing a gig <clears throat> in Brisbane with Gosling at the time, and Michael just... I think he was doing a solo tour in Australia. This is before um, Let It Go, before All The Little Lights Had Come Out. Or maybe it was out, but it was before it blew up. And... He was, yeah, just he just came to a gig, and I think he, maybe he knew had a mutual friend that was at the gig, or well, I'm not sure really. He must have liked my playing because, yeah, he came up to me afterwards and said, "Hey, you know, we got talking and we got along really well." And I think because there was an English connection there, like obviously there was a yeah, it was that was cool. That was the
0: only reason why actually is because he had mutual yeah, yeah, <laughs> <and> that's right.
1: <laughs> had nothing to do with anything no, else nothing other was. than. <laughs> So how long ago was that? That was like... Man, that was like five years ago. I think. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, it's quite a few years ago now. Um, he uh, he said, "I really like your playing," and um, and then said, "Would you like to play on my next record?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Like, yeah. oh okay. And but I you didn't I didn't think anything of it. You know, you just kind of you say goodbye and and then and then I'd I'd forgotten about it. You know, and then I. I'd, um a couple of months later I would get a phone call from his management saying, We're going to do the record up in Cairns. Would you like to be part of it? And I was like, Yeah, cool. And Cairns. So we went up to, I went up, flew up to Cairns, met them there. Uh we made this record. Um and then uh and that was a, a really fun experience. Like me and Mike got on really well and yeah, it was just a really great um we this was for whispers the record whispers. Oh okay. And then, but then and then I yeah I you know I was there for a week and then I went home and then I never really heard anything about the record. I'm thinking what what's going on and then um, I find out that they scrapped that recording um, because for for whatever reason. Um, How was that process?
0: When, uh, was it like the Jakir King, like where you were doing big sections and
1: that was. Um, That was Mike had actually pre-recorded a lot of vocal and guitar, not to a click, Um, and so it was yeah the the me and the bass player basically sort of playing on top of those pre-recorded, which was actually really really difficult. It was really challenging. That's that's hard. It was challenging, but as a drummer, as a drummer, yeah, guess it really. it makes you rethink your subdivisions. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Because like,
0: he's feeling it completely different. Yeah. So
1: you, you start thinking, well, <clears throat> if the more I play, the more subdivisions I play in this, yeah, the more it's going to sound like it's the tempo's wavering. I guess. Yeah. So you just kind of reconsider. I had to reconsider some of those things. So my parts became very like textural, mm. using big big sounds. Yeah, and just not not very not so staccato. I guess. Um, and just make, maybe highlighting things rather than just kind of keeping time as you know,
0: yeah, yeah, it's more orchestral,
1: and yeah, yeah, you're playing along, yeah.
0: you're following the, the lead vocal, basically.
1: yeah. And so that, that record, that version of the records, it got scrapped, but then they called me to come up to Sydney, and Mike had so that was with a different producer, and then Mike um, went up to Sydney to use Chris Vallaire to then re record the. the, the most of the, the songs that was on the first version of the record and then a whole bunch of other ones, which ended up being two albums worth of material and it was Whispers 1 and Whispers 2 in the end. But, um, yeah, uh, and again, that was a similar vibe where there was very little that we played together. There was a lot of, like, stuff that was just pre-recorded not to click again. Um, and just me and the bass player would laboriously go over each little section and, and yeah, I mean, it Good was stuff. it was definitely a lesson in loosening up
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, not being so rigid as a play because you know like as a drummer you sort of like yeah you want to keep solid time you don't want to fluctuate yeah to you know, stray from the from the time so and the way Mike plays is very expressive dynamically uh, and and it, within the tempo you know he could sort of shift
0: yeah, within a, a bar. Within a bar, like yeah, yeah like it yeah. doesn't feel like that. that it doesn't feel vocal, like when you hear it because he
1: delivers it so it, so musically. It, yeah, but it's, it's natural. Yeah. Um, so as a drummer, like to fit in that world is really difficult. Um, and so yeah, whispers two, whispers one and two are, are both. Um, yeah, th- I think there's like a, maybe a couple of outros. Like Whisp- the song, whispers, for example. Like I think the outro we played live yeah. um, together, but all the you know the first half of the song is is, uh, yeah, is me playing to, to Mike's pre so then
0: like when, how many records were in between when the, the one we did together
1: well that was so that was yeah Whispers 1 and 2 and then we did uh, Young uh, as the Morning so that happened a couple of years after that yeah okay yeah, yeah, or a year after that and by that point yeah like uh, it was full band we were it was full, full band, band yeah. yeah and uh, and then yeah and now we're here in Dusseldorf now we're here in Dusseldorf <laughs> um, we've been out since September it's now uh, what is it now in July it's been fun yeah it's been
0: an experience we've been all over the world and
1: and, uh,
0: we've seen a lot of each other in the last year and a half I mean what's so what's after this tour I mean we're down here you're going back you're doing some renovations I'm
1: gonna having some house renovations so I'm gonna go back to a nice nice finished hopefully house nice Uh, yeah I'm gonna I mean I've got a couple of records up and I'm just gonna chill man, like I'm yeah. I've had a pretty full on year with, I've yeah. got two kids now and I'm uh, and this tour has been quite you know, long and I've been away for a while so I think I'm just gonna stay home and do some records I think. Yeah. Nice. No, yeah. I might go out I don't know. Who knows, man, I, I never never know what's going to happen yeah
0: well I think you deserve it man. you've been working hard and I appreciate you coming on and talking about it thanks man thanks for having me yeah definitely huh? we'll talk soon yeah all right